Welcome to The Corner, the celebration and conversation of everything creative. It's a soapbox, it's an intersection, it's a gathering place. Here we go. What's up, everybody? This is Matt, aka M. The Glad Woodrow, and you found yourself on the corner. Uh, yes, yes, here we are again. Um, this is a this is a fun episode, uh, and I know I say that all the time, but that's because I'm having a good time every time. Uh, so this this episode is with uh, my dear friend Rebecca Cross, uh, also Valleyverse live poetry co-conspirator. And let me tell you a little bit about this episode. So I want to give you uh, a little back background on it. We had to, 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 to record in chunks, so you're going to hear some transitioning, which in, it's in, in a sense gives me a little bit of a chance to practice my chops for that, uh, kind of how to transmission to between clips. Uh, but that, that, that being said, it's a great conversation. And uh, yeah, just sit down and listen in as we, as we talk about the limits of technology, how much it sucked to have COVID happen because live poetry just kind of came to a screeching halt. And uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Rebecca, though. So Rebecca Cross has an MA in Creative and Critical Writing from the University of Sussex. And this is pretty awesome. So get this. Her work has appeared in many journals, including the Southern Review, the Southern Humanities Review, Hotel America, Quarterly West, Poet lore, Beloy Poetry Journal, and Image, uh, among other journals too. And she has also been nominated for the Pushcart Prize, Best of the Net, and Best New Poets. Uh, believe me when I tell you that uh, she is absolutely one of my all-time favorite poets. And I feel like I am absolutely fortunate that she is a friend of mine and she considers me a friend of hers. And uh, she lives in Vermont with her husband and their cat and when i figure out this video stuff it'll be great because in the video um that we, ch- we chat you can see the cat making a grass appearance which is pretty awesome and if you wanted to find her and even though she doesn't tweet very often you can find her on twitter with the handle at uncertain guest that is at uncertain guest uh, so you could also do a google search uh, and just say rebecca cross poet and find some of the stuff that she has uh, she has published um, in those journals I mentioned. And uh, so, yeah, without further ado, you're going to hear uh, a long time coming kind of conversation with a dear friend, 
um, about poetry, about life, about music, and uh, yeah, all of the above. So listen in. Well, hello. Hello. <laughs> How's it going? All right. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Thank, thanks for bearing with my technical ineptitude. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. And, uh, you can hear me fine. I can, uh... Yes. And you can hear me? Yes. Yes. Great. All right. All right. Thanks for coming to the corner. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, well, thank you for inviting me. I, you know, <laughs> I I can't believe that it's been three years since um, you know Valley Verse has has seen each other in person. It, it's so crazy, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but it's uh yeah it's, it's something that definitely uh Kate and I talked about when she was on and and uh and and every, it's it's just something's like so so unfortunate that that we had a thing going and then, uh, I think we can get okay. the band back together though I think there's a lot of energy I, for it so yeah yeah I think so and, and so how have you been despite the fact that there's a pandemic still I would say still going on because I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm seeing it um it came home to me actually this past week so oh no <laughs> all right take two <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, yeah um, this is sorry go ahead i feel it would, it would not be uh, a podcast run by me if it were not technical issues so uh feel 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 no shame at all on your end. <laughs> so. Yeah, this is this is the problem with living in Vermont with um, only a, a cell phone. <laughs> That's the thing, uh, and we have pretty good, um, not not cell reception up here, but we have pretty good Wi-Fi here. And I say pretty good because it, like I can look at the side of the house where it comes, like where the phone line comes in, and I'm like, that that could be knocked down by by a bird just pooping on it i think so <laughs> that's fun uh but, but anyway <laughs> we are back again and uh, so so for the listeners out there this is my dear friend rebecca cross also a co-conspirator in valley verse if you hadn't picked that up on the previous segment before technical disab- uh, disabilities i should say come through <laughs> um, on your dear host that's me uh but yeah but how, how have you been? Like it's, I feel like it's been way too long since we've talked. Yeah, it has. Um, it's been, you know, it's been interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's There have definitely been challenges, uh, but, you know, overall things are good. All right. <laughs> Hello again. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and, yeah, gotta love modern technology, right? Yeah, let's hope that this time I'm 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 practically on top of my router. Hopefully I'll be able to stay connected. All right. Yeah, sometimes that happens with us too. Like we, we just moved just wrong and then there we go. <laughs> yeah. and, but, all right. And you said you've been doing well despite the the whole the COVID ridiculousness and 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. And the world just sort of, you know, just wild. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely definitely not the same world it was just a you know just a couple of years ago. But it's uh, yeah, uh, it's and then it was crazy then too. But <laughs> and, man, yeah, I can tell you uh, firsthand that 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 COVID does in fact suck. Uh, you got COVID. I did, and uh, all th- well, all three of us did here. So we've been on like the the house arrest for a minute. <laughs> Um, they say I'm. They state the work says I could come back on Tuesday. Uh, so I, I, I look forward to that. But, uh, but at the same time, glad you're feeling better. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I never felt. I never felt like I was like the. Like... <laughs> all right. So. In the meantime, I found where all the other recordings went, and they're they're all in a nice little folder ready for me. So. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. When things work out, all right. So, yeah, our like, our internet's been funny because uh, the little one has discovered how to find everything that's not a toy, uh, and play with that, including our our phone line, which is where our router comes out. So, yay. <laughs> So we might be a little bit here. You froze again. Uh, yeah, I see that. Is you're frozen as well? Can you hear me? Okay, though. Yeah, saying it's unstable. Mm-hmm. It would choppy here. Uh, okay. So. Seems smoother now. I was about to send you a message to see if you wanted to finish this on another time. Because uh, I think. There we go. Okay. Right, I, got, I, got, I got notes pulled up and everything. And, uh, <laughs> there we go. Right. So I'm not sure where we were when we were last talking. So. Which was thankfully only just a few minutes ago this time. So. Uh, just just the basic introductions, like right. have you been doing that right. sort of <laughs> yeah, fun times. Yeah, I gotta love living in Vermont for the idea that there's there's there could be a stick in the way or a squirrel throwing something out of line or <laughs> yeah. it's so fun. All right. I'm looking at my cell service. I got anywhere from one to two bars at any point. Uh, my Wi-Fi, like I said, is pretty good, but you know, you never know. <laughs> so, got over my. So, do you do you want to talk about? Uh, let's see. I, I was gonna tell you, I was gonna get your take on how you and I met and started interacting. Uh, I, I think that was one of the first ways I was gonna get into this episode. Okay. Yeah. So it was at the Main Street Museum. Um, they were doing like open mic nights and um I went there to read poetry and you went there to read poetry and we both really liked each other's poetry and we're like we've gotta we've gotta stay connected and I think you were the one who suggested um you know starting a group um I think it, it was your your idea and and I was like yeah that sounds great <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I feel like that was I've been, I had been after doing some sort of collective thing for a long time, and I almost had it when my my book came out. Almost had it, but but uh, both of those people that they were on stage with me that night moved to like places far away from from Vermont. So, yeah. so that kind of went away very fast, and like and actually, you met one of them. One of them was uh, Zeke. I'll give him mm. a shout out. Um, he's uh, he's out of Ohio, I believe, but like. So he was with us for a minute, but uh, but 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 Ty being the other one, she she moved. I don't remember where to, but uh, but I was excited to get as many people as possible. But then, what it came down to is the core of us were we got. I think feel like we got pretty tight and uh, mm. very com- comfortable with each other and and challenged each other to do things. I still have not done the Mantis poem. I apologize to Kate, so I'm going to apologize to you for that too. So. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think that, I feel like that was a similar, similar take to my my take. Um, as for the listeners, uh, when I first heard Rebecca's poetry, I couldn't tell you. I can't. I, it's hard to put a finger on how different your poetry is than mine. Um, yeah, the, we're very different. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah, we're definitely like I'm very different than you. You're very different than Kate. Kate very, is very different from all like, and and I think that's the joy of. The, the three of us coming together the way we have yeah that we're all so different but we also that's i think that, that that's how helps build that trust uh, and that we're constructively criticizing each other and not uh and we do pick on each other but there's that so it's a, <laughs> but, with, uh, with affection <laughs> yes because we're definitely like we be, definitely became very fast friends the three of us and uh and, mm. and it, it became a, a creative endeavor, but more of a, an endeavor friends wanted to do, I think, anyway. So, and uh, yeah, I yeah. feel like that's that's the lasting part of it is the friendship with her. And, and <laughs> we never and we never really made money off of it, so we never got that, that <laughs> quote unquote opportunity to have that challenge. And then I don't think it'll ever will be that way because poetry, you can be poetry famous, but you know, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> so. But we had we had some good um, we open mics that we ran. Um, we had a lot of a lot of great people come to those. I miss doing all of that. Um, you know, just getting the chance to to perform new pieces and try them out in front of people and his his. Uh, you know, I I don't know if this has been your experience, um, but. I can write a poem at home and I think, yeah, this is, this is great. And then I read it in front of other people and I'm like, oh, oh, that line is no good. That <laughs> this, <laughs> this rhythm is off. I, I need to work on that. So it's, it's yeah. a very helpful thing. Yeah. I feel that, that that's definitely a feel that, 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 you know, I've written a handful of poems in, in, in the pandemic, there's the air quotes for the listeners. Um, and and I, I don't have the feedback I used to. So it's like, I, so for me, it's like, oh, it's all fine. It's fine. It's good. It's good. But, but I know, I know better because of that experience you're talking about. So it's like, it does resonate a little differently when actual audience hears the thing. You know? hmm. That's for sure. Uh, so it's a, uh, it's like the, if I, if I, correct me if I'm wrong on this one, like the, the poetry that you shared in the very first open mics that we, that you and I met at, not, not the ones that we created ourselves, but uh, they were um, they were the darker, like the side, the, the circus sideshow poems, right? 
some of those those poems yeah yeah i at the time i was working on a series of poems um with the idea that i would put together a manuscript and i haven't finished that yet um but i was working on a series of poems that was um from the perspective of women sideshow performers and the idea was you know because i've i've seen a lot of media you know whether books like geek love or um movies you know um like david lynch movies have often have uh some disabled actors or um dwarfs you know and and those things are are looking at disability through the eyes of a non-disabled person and um i I always felt that something was sort of lacking. And so since I am disabled with a, a visible difference, um, you know, I there there were times in my life where I felt like I could identify with sideshow performers having their bodies on display, being looked at, you know, and so I wanted to write poems from that that inside perspective and and to maybe do things that were a little surprising you know I, like for instance um a lot of people who don't have a conjoined twin think that having a conjoined twin would be um a, a terrible thing and nobody would want that everybody would want to be separated and the, the truth is that most conjoined twins are very happy having their twin with them all the time so um you know, I wanted to to write poems um, that uh, address those things and maybe surprised non-disabled people and maybe allowed disabled people to say, "Oh, I recognize myself in 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 the the things that that these characters are saying." That's really cool. Like I, I, I remember that that being something that very very striking because as we've talked about like you and I and our styles are very different and then I'd say our <laughs> subjects are quite different often too because I I have not written about that subject myself but but when hearing you do those poems um and then coming from from your your perspective there was there was all sorts of layers in in hearing your poems that 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 resonated so so loudly and so clearly and uh and then I was immediately taken and so is so is my wife she as you know like and and i think we've talked about like the some of the those ideas like the david lynch stuff you brought up and then uh, there's that show on hbo that i want to say early 2000s that carnival uh that that did a, i i think anyway did a pretty good job at exploring the personalities of the people in 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 those situations and rather than just like the spectacle of it all it was it was about the, the characters and I mean, mm -hmm. there was a lot of uh, metaphysical and supernatural stuff going on too, but uh, but I but I love the 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 person personality you give to those poems and those those characters in your poems. Uh, so I Thank will you. always you're welcome. I will always be right right there behind you for finishing finishing that, uh, and so that that that's awesome. And uh, all right, so. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to bring you back a little bit. I'm gonna treat I'm gonna treat you like an interviewee a little bit, but I'm also <laughs> gonna treat but I'm also gonna treat you like a friend because because uh, they both are 
Both are more important, but the latter is far more important. So if you feel like this is too much business, tell me to shut up. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm gonna bring it back, if if you will. Uh, what what brought you to poetry? Like, what was there particular poems or poets? Um, why poetry over any other type of writing uh, as well? So like, so it's a two parter. Like, what is it about poetry? And uh, or why or what brought you to poetry? And then why poetry in your writing over, say, prose or whatever else there is out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's um that's a really good question. And I'm not sure because I I I'm not one of those poets who can say, oh, I started writing poetry when I was a, a little child. You know, I I didn't. Um I I wrote a couple of poems um when I was younger, but I didn't really start seriously writing poetry until I was in college. Um, I don't remember really uh, thinking about poetry or or falling in love with poetry when I was a, a child. Um, I I do remember you know singing hymns in church and um, and our hymnal. Um, had in the back of it it had the the syllables of the lines and this is strange it's just so that you could you could look and and you could say okay so we've got a song with um eight syllables six syllables eight syllables six syllables and then there are all of these songs all of these melodies that have that that uh same pattern and so you can swap the, <laughs> the words with the other melodies um and I thought that I think that was my first introduction to the idea of of meter and rhythm um you know and so so I definitely grew up internalizing a lot of of that sort of poetry uh poetry in music and uh and then in high school, you know, I discovered Sylvia Plath and Emily Dickinson. And then in college, I, I, it was sort of like accidental. I just started writing some poems and I was like, you know, with the confidence of a college student, I was like, these are good. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I got some encouragement uh, from some of my professors and a visiting poet um, named Walter Nash. And uh, and I think that was really, you know, the fact that this poet said, your poems are good. I was like, okay, wow, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep doing this. I'm gonna take this really seriously. I'm glad you did. Uh, and I know there's a lot of people that are glad you did. So, uh, <laughs> Joey, Joey from the museum loves hearing your poetry. And she, uh, I did say that there's, <laughs> A chance that uh, you and I will definitely be involved in in open mics if she gets those going, and yeah. and, Kate, and Kate is definitely in, uh, in, interested in being involved too. So I told her I said we got one more too. So <laughs> I I miss going to those like like I, I say this I say this with complete affection that I miss all the weirdos at Main Street Museum, and I said <laughs> as a weirdo myself, you know, like I felt like I found my people there. <laughs> yes, yeah, me too. Because like the the, I feel like we definitely uh, people people when they saw, and I I feel very proud of this saying that like that when they saw us coming, 
and they knew we were there to to do a poem or two. Like they were pretty happy about seeing us come to stage, come on the stage. So it wasn't just Joey, but Joey was a huge support of you and I, uh, definitely. And I know that the, there were a few regulars in the crowd that just show up to watch. That were always happy when, yeah. when you and I did our poetry, and then, and I know that like when I first saw your poetry, like I, I remember like I just like that's when I like I'd like this is, this is member one of this group. This is member one, and, uh, and so like I. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited that you kept going with your poetry and that people told people before us told you that you were good. So, <laughs> and thank you for listening to those people. <laughs> and and you brought you brought up uh, like meter and, uh, and and things like that. So and then that's not even on my list to talk about, actually. But uh, uh, and the, the, there, there are times where you. I, I, how often do you rhyme for one and like two like do you, do you feel like you're more important and your more important factor of a, a poem is 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 meter over rhyme or anything or there is it is there any more importance or weight to any part of a poem i you know i think it depends on the poem itself um i i don't rhyme a lot i don't i don't really set out to rhyme so when I do wind up rhyming, it's sort of um, accidental almost, or maybe there will be a couple of rhymes and then I'll say, oh, oh, I like this and try to continue then intentionally. And when I do rhyme, I, I tend to prefer slant rhyme. So it doesn't seem like I'm trying to rhyme. <laughs> um, and, and as far as like meter goes, I... I think I generally write more naturally and I'm not like I'm not conscious of meter um, at the start of, of composing a poem. It's only after once I've got it pretty well complete close to completion that I will go and and uh, think about the meter um like actually counting it and really thinking about how somebody else might read it as well. Cause I know that like in my head, maybe it sounded good, but maybe I put a stress on a syllable that another reader wouldn't, um, you know, and so then that I might make some adjustments. Uh, but I think I, I, I'm, I'm the sort of person um, who was a very slow reader because I would repeat every word in my head you know, so I was saying the words inside my head silently. And so I think as I compose poetry, I am doing that. So, so meter sort of is usually pretty okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't think that one is more important than the other. They, they all add to the poem and some poems want to have rhymes and some poems don't and I think uh, I'm a believer in listening to the poem and not trying to force my intentions on it I like that answer a lot I would say like that that last well, that last phrase you said too because forcing a poem is definitely it's a, a very painful experience for everybody around it yeah and I feel uh, like those poems never turn out with the the spark that that some other poems have absolutely yeah it's a, it's a tough thing and I, I know and it's it it I was going through this and I was reciting a poem last night of mine 
uh, for um, for another episode, and and I was going through that. It does rhyme, which is one of the few that I've written that do, at least on purpose, like you said. And uh, what I found more like was more important than the rhyme in that, even though that 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 poem has a rhyme scheme, is that there is a cadence too. And I'm like, so that's why I kind of asked, is meter where is meter for you? Where is rhyme for you? And and I think it really does depend on the poem. I mean, it really has to. It should anyway. Um, Unless that's all you yeah, I think... do as a poet. <laughs> so... <laughs> I think I think your your poetry, your your um you seem to be much more conscious of the the cadence of the meter of of your poems than I tend to be, um, which makes your poems sometimes sound more like a poem, like more poetical, you know. <laughs> It's not just a conversational speech. <laughs> right. Well, then there's a, there's a really, yeah, that's a really fun difference between like, you know, say your poetry and my poetry, I think, because like, that difference there. And uh, yeah, and thank you for that. It's like, I, I, I like to think I'm poetic, <laughs> but, uh, but it's, but yeah, it, yeah, meter or, or cadence, I think is definitely a, a word that I try to keep in mind when I write and how things flow, if you want to. So it's, and flow is, I think flow comes in importance, that comes in high importance. And I think when I hear your poetry as well, because, you know, you, you, you might say it's conversational. I think then there is a certain, or there's a huge aspect of your poetry that is a conversational type of flow, but that flow is there. Like it's a, it's an intentional flow and it's a, it's, it's pointed. And so like, I, I definitely see that you're composing something. So I'm really, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hook on to that word you've used. So like I I see that it is a a work of com composition. Not a you're not just throwing words at a page, and that's a that that's a huge huge part of I I think anyway a huge part of poetry. Some poets I know don't think so. Some poets are like oh, I'm just good as it is, and it's cool. I'm like uh, okay, <laughs> so, <laughs> not saying you're not, but, but that works for you, Joe. <laughs> so. And, and you mentioned uh, there are some. Oh, sorry. Go oh, no, you, you're, you're about to say that. <laughs> so yeah, the, the, there are some poet poets who um, who can just just write out a poem, and and that's never been my experience. It's just it's it's blood, sweat, and tears to get yeah. a poem <laughs> <laughs> in a place I, where I feel I can share it with someone else. Yes, I often worry about the ones that come out really fast for me. Actually, so it's like. It's like this sounds good. It feels good at right now. But if I if I share this with anybody, even my wife, what is going to happen? What is this? What's going to? What life is this going to take? Am I going to instantly regret saying this thing? Uh, so I I I definitely take a little time and like I I hide the work. I think in the finished product. I hope to anyway, because I do put a lot of work into my poems when it comes down to it. But I try to hide it. Uh, and yet, uh, I mean. I I think I think you succeed. I think um, you know your poems definitely feel like work has gone into them. Like they don't feel like they're just you know that you just dashed them off in a in a ten minute stretch. They <laughs> feel like you know they're put together, but they don't feel like um, I don't know. You don't you don't see the 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 work behind it. They they just are good <laughs> right, thank you very much 
that's why I, I, I had a, a good time showing you guys my, my notebook because that was you guys have seen oh, the, yeah. the, the, weird, <laughs> the weird roadmap that turns out to be and, uh, all the all the writing all the crossing out all the yeah <laughs> yeah because that's exactly how I write like when I call myself an analog poet I mean it <laughs> so it's uh, very much old school but um there's a uh, but you mentioned a couple of names and also not on the list of the questions I was asked, or actually kind of was. Um, you, you mentioned a couple of names and in, in a, I think you said Sylvia Plath uh, mm. and Emily Dickinson. Uh, Sylvia Plath is someone I go back to every now and again because like soul crushing. <laughs> She's absolutely soul crushing, uh, but beautifully written. Um, and that's also some of some of your poems honestly and i've told you that to your face yet again I'm <laughs> uh but then I, I very much especially in high school uh and in college uh latched onto emily dickinson and i think a lot mm. of that was was meter for me but a lot of it was like subject matter too like she took on she took mm. on death and mortality and and loneliness and all sorts of really dark issues but like sometimes really had fun with those issues um so is that is that something that when when you write something like your the series um that you're that you're working on or if you write some some of the other subjects you've worked on too like like the one about the movies oh my god that that poem is so good so fucking good um that like the that yeah and i can't remember the name of that because it's been long enough since i've heard it is that, i think and, its name changed since you heard it <laughs> uh, then that's and that's a natural thing for poets to go through too yeah so it's like <laughs> But like the, there's a sense like and I get a sense of fun of fun in your poetry too, despite the fact that like you are tackling like some seriously dark shit. And so it's like so I feel like I if I if I wallow if if I get to the dark stuff, I feel like I wallow in it a little bit. And I know that's better for better or worse or anything in between, but like you have this way about your poetry. And it, it take tell me if I'm wrong. Um and I think this might be more for the listeners, but like your poetry, like you, you tackle that dark stuff, but like the listener or the reader is really having fun with it. And then, cause I think, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, you're having fun with how you word it. And maybe I have the, the advantage of seeing your face reading these poems. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think I, I do naturally have, sort of a wry sense of humor and a rather cynical outlook on life <laughs> in some ways and in in other ways I'm I'm still very naive and and trusting of people <laughs> um uh so you know I think I think that there there is some humor that uh, that comes through in in some of my poems, um, you know. But I I guess I'm also a little self conscious about that because I'm like I, I don't want to try too hard to be funny and then have the joke fall flat. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but it's it's been fun reading some of those poems uh, that that had some humor in them in front of an audience and then getting the, 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 um, confirmation from the audience that, oh yeah, you know, this is, this is funny. Even, even if it's also sort of sad, um, maybe, maybe I should read one of those poems. 
Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm if down I for can that. find it. No. I'm definitely down for that. It was like, and, and for the listeners, uh, if you have not picked up in this episode so far, I'm a huge fan of Rebecca. Like friend, friend <laughs> for sure, but definitely a huge fan. And I would not have been friends if I'd not been a fan first, actually. So, because yeah, your poetry just killed me. And I, I'm like, oh man, this is so good. And so, yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, we can keep talking while I look right. for this. Okay, I can fill space very well. You know, because I uh, don't, I don't have a book. <laughs> I don't have a book that's um that's out that I can I can just open it up. Um. Oh, oh, I found it. <laughs> oh, awesome. There we go. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I, your book is coming soon. Though we should talk to Kate because <laughs> she because she knows some people who who could who could hook you up. I think so. I have to actually finish the manuscript first. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll, we'll keep bugging you about right. that. <laughs> this, okay. This poem is called Meeting the Myth. What a draw. I'm the modern Medusa. Everyone's heard of the girl who can stop men dead with her looks. The barker knows how to sell it. He hands every caller a mirror, tells them, don't look directly. It's like looking at the pudenda of God. They enter my tent, backwards all titter and sweat. In their mirrors, they see sallow cheek, mud mouth, an ear and dark writhing hair. They quiet down after that. They're imagining what I could do with my tongue. Husbands blush, picturing me in their bed. Wives tremble, wondering how my hair would feel brushing their thighs. Instead of fulfilling their fantasies, I tell them what I know about monsters. That fishy god, all brine and sperm, who forced himself on Medusa, on the floor of Minerva's temple. The young man, all swagger and heat, who went to Medusa's home, intending to blind her and cut off her head, it was Ovid who said her looks were a punishment for Minerva, a myth from a man who couldn't believe a woman might consider ugliness a gift. Truth is, we'd all love some of that open-mouthed serpenty dread, repulsiveness that can kill. And all the stories about her, Medusa never harms a woman. Make of that what you will. I love that poem. <laughs> thank you for sharing that. Oh, thank you. Yes, yeah, that last see that last line has that kind of like uh, that smirk to it. I think you know, it's like it's it's not like a, a yeah. lay down on the ground and hold your belly laugh, but it's like I can you know I think a, a listener or a reader can hear and see that smirk because mm -hmm. like, they make make that make of that you will and like if someone says that. They, they mean that in a yeah, lot of no. ways. <laughs> you, know, you know, they just, were trying to make a point. <laughs> yeah. And they, and they know that they, and they know they're right too. If someone says that, knows they're right. <laughs> so uh, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Uh, so, so speaking of like, I know like you and I talked about like the, the idea of a book being out and listen to And I reminded you that you're, you're an accountless journalist. Can you can you tell uh, the the listeners like where where have you been and where has your poetry been like what what type of journals have you been in? Oh, um, 
Boy, it's hard to remember. The poem I just read was in uh, a journal called Monstering. Um, that's, fit that's fitting, I think, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, that was published, oh gosh, I don't remember, like 2018 or somewhere around there. Um, I've been published in, um, uh, let's see, Harper Palette, um, the Southern Review, uh, Belois Poetry Journal. Um, oh my goodness, I'm totally blanking. There there are a bunch. Um, oh, um, Bloodroot, which is a journal uh, made in the upper valley um so that's awesome. that's pretty cool Bring it home, uh, yeah yeah uh i can't think i know there are oh um um oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> i'm just i'm i'm totally blanking because i don't i don't have a list up um so it's yeah that's that and like if for the people who don't understand this okay and I think people need to understand this. Getting poetry published, getting published in general is hard. Getting poetry published is incredibly fucking hard. I did best shit on my own. And I, I'm going to put that out there too. I had to put, well, I got a, a Kickstarter. So I had help, but I did it by most. Like, it's my shit. I own it. And it's because that was the way I could do it because I got a lot of rejection letters. And I'm like, okay, I just want my poetry out there. And so listeners understand that, like how awesome that is that Rebecca can't even remember all the publications that her poetry is in because that shit is hard to do. Like, and they say like, Oh yeah, well the easy part's writing the poem. Well, no, that's the hard part too. <laughs> so it's like, it's all the hard part when it comes to poetry. It's all the hard and I, part. <laughs> I feel like I, okay. So I pulled up my submission tracker um, because I feel like I I, I want to give a shout out to some of these wonderful wonderful journals. There's 805 um, Lit Plus Art. They they published like three of my poems. Um, they were really great support. Um, Always Crashing is another fantastic journal of experimental work. Um, Baltimore Review, uh, Breath and Shadow that they publish works by disabled uh, artists. Cimarron Review, sorry, <laughs> Diagram, uh, oh. Elsewhere, um, Hotel America, Image, um, National Poetry Review, God, Poet Lore, Q, Quarterly West, um, Slant, Southern Humanities Review, uh, and the Woven Tale Press. Sweet. And, and the reason I have those is because I, not so much last year, I sort of took a break last year. Um, but, but in the years before that, I submitted a lot. I I always had like 20 submissions out at any given time. Um, so, so yeah, I, I would submit, oh, I don't know, like a, a, somewhere between 50 and a hundred submissions a wow. year. Um, I think um, that it, my view on submissions changed when I met someone at Bookstock who said, try to get a hundred rejections a year. And some of those will be acceptances, but you know, you're, you change your mindset. So you don't get upset when you got a rejection, just like, okay, I'll just add that one to the list. <laughs> there we go. 
and even if you get a rejection from one place, it doesn't mean you can't send it back, send back to to them again. You know, so it's oh. like, but it's so so this is a, that's an awesome list though. So that's really cool to hear all the lists at once. And and at some point, I'll 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 bug you again to send that to me so I can put it in the description of the episode. Oh <laughs> so, yeah. Don't, don't worry I've I've set this up so we've got a little bit of time between hearing this right or doing this right now and then when the episode gets uh, gets published. So um well, like I said, listeners, everything about poetry is the hard part. So it's like uh and that's not to say I love well, we don't not love poetry. It and I don't think I mean, I don't think it, it's ever going to be a point where we don't, but, mm. but yeah, okay, I mean, because it, it makes friendships for one and two, it's fucking great. So, so yeah. if I haven't made it clear, you can swear on this show. It's, it's, it's cool. I have a little setting that makes it so we can swear. So okay. that, mostly because I don't want to go back in and add beeps and stuff like that. I'm very lazy when it comes to editing. Uh, <laughs> so I did get a warning that we're, is this chunk of time is under 10 minutes left uh, five minutes so, left yeah so we'll have to go back in in about five minutes but maybe um let's see here maybe we could start a little offshoot from poetry and then we'll come back to poetry in a minute uh what kind of music have you been listening to lately um you know <laughs> It's it's weird. Uh, I don't know if it's just because I'm now over forty, but I I almost exclusively listen to like songs I grew up with, like eighties <laughs> music. Um, I I I haven't really I haven't really kept up with new music. Um, I have listen to some things that were new to me or listen to some deep tracks of bands that I I was familiar with like Bauhaus last year that was one of my top artists on the Spotify roundup <laughs> for the year <laughs> um but again that's an 80s band <laughs> right. so um yeah and I've got I've got a playlist that I've set up of songs to sing at, at karaoke or to just sing in the car, you know? So right. like, that's, that's, what's important to me now. Songs that I can sing for karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And there's no shame in that, that going back thing. It's, I guess I go back further than we've even been alive. Cause every time I get some sort of list like that from a, a, a streaming service, it's like, well, the last one was from Apple music it says who your dinner parties with. And it mm. was Bill, Bill Evans, John Coltrane, Sonny Rollins, uh, who else was on that list? I mean, everybody except for Sonny Rollins on this list was dead. No, that's not true. There's a Tribe Called Quest was in there too. So, oh. <laughs> uh, so it was like I forgot who else was. There's five artists, and then like, but like, but most of them were dead. So it's like, what the hell is this? But uh, but it, it, well, is I, what it is. Yeah, and and I do have other artists that I I return to over and over again, like like Tom Waits, who, um. You know, it, it, there are a lot of a lot of artists, musical artists, that they write lyrics that are fine for a song, but they're they're not really lyrics that could stand up on their own without music as poetry. But Tom Waits is one who's he's just a poet, and oh, he happens to put yeah. some of his words to music. <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, Tom Waits, man, oh my God! Like he's since I've discovered him, there's no 
there's no way I shouldn't mention him in a conversation about music I love. <laughs> like he it, he has inspired so much of like just the crazy thoughts I have to write down and and very much very much a, a musician that you take those words away from the music and they're still as poignant and still as heavy and still as hilarious at times too. Like it's just he's a funny funny guy. Um, very much, um, yeah. and he's, he's a master at um, persona. Yeah, yes. like he just he he can really make you feel um what these what these characters are feeling yeah so that's that's a huge thing too considering how huge a character he is yeah and, and how how very simply he can move from character to character and uh yeah he's yeah he's amazing like i i love love tom waits and, and Hannah's a big Tom Waits fan too. So that was one of our big bonding moments as kids, actually. She and I. So, um, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Tom. I'm glad you brought him up because I, I I could hear him in your poetry too. Because like, oh yeah, that, I'm sure I'm sure uh, that his influence has, has has gotten in there. Yeah, to talk about a dude that does uh, like some dark stuff, but like has a really big humor about it. Yeah. Like, or his words are like, "I love beautiful melodies telling me terrible things." <laughs> so it's like where where we're at we love beautiful poetry telling us terrible things so. yeah. yeah tom waits is yeah tom waits oh man i feel like I, I would absolutely love to have him on the show but i have no idea how to contact him i've t- i've mm. gone different angles like i and i yeah i can't find a way but maybe i can find a way we'll see well i'll keep trying someday maybe yes <laughs> That'll be dedicated to to you and to to my wife and to everybody who who has heard me pl- prattle on about that fucking guy. <laughs> so, <laughs> excuse me, and my voice is sounding a little less Tom Waits than it did yesterday. So, uh, as like I said earlier, like the the COVID has come home, and I'm almost out of uh, it. Already. And work work wants me back on Tuesday. You know, negative test or not, just mask up. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I feel 100 percent better. So why not? So, um, <laughs> all right cut the recording going again too <coughs> excuse me i'm right in time for the call hmm. so, so we were talking about tom waits prior and uh and so that i'm glad that, that he came up because like that that when you know when we talk about influences and everything like that um so does does music does music in general inform any of your poetry by chance? Like I, I mean, I, we talked about Tom Waits, but uh, I mean, because he does de- delve into a lot of the worlds you do as well, and the imagery as well too. So, but uh, t- other than Tom Waits, does music say creep into your poetry or inform your poetry or how you do what you write? Um, I don't. I think it does very much. Um, it, sometimes there might be a a song or a piece of music that sort of creates a mood that I find helpful. Um, you know, uh, like I was I was driving back home um, from a a. a poetry workshop and and I was listening to the classical station and there was this piece by Vaughn Williams um and and it just sort of it just struck me 
and I, I don't know why I'm not even, you know, a person who, who connects with uh, classical music a lot of the time <laughs> in that way. Um, and it just hit me and it was like, this is the mood of this poem I've been struggling with. And so when I got home, I, I just played that, that piece on repeat as I worked on this poem and, and got it into a place where I, I felt I was happier with it. And of course that, that didn't have any words to it. It was just, it was just the mood that the piece created. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like I said, I think a lot of the lyrics to songs uh, don't hold up on their own, even songs I love. Um, so I haven't, I don't think there's a lot of influence there. Um, I think most of my influence, I mean, really, I'm just a pale imitation of Sylvia Plath. <laughs> <laughs> I dare say you have your own voice there. So <laughs> uh, it's, it's, I mean, in no disrespect to you, Sylvia Plath at all, uh, but but you are definitely your own your own voice. And I will argue with you on well, that. <laughs> <laughs> so, not that I need to argue with friends, but but yeah, yeah I, I feel I feel you what you mean about like music, uh, music and lyrics and and. Uh, a lot of the lyrics cannot be, or they can be, but like they're not very effectively uh, removed from the song they're a part of. And I feel like that's that's that that was my poem. It's a, or a poll with hip hop actually when I got older about enough to think about it anyway. Is that hip hop is very word driven, mm. or at least the stuff with with the, an MC, uh, it's very word driven, uh, and then in a very good beat helps that song come along. Mm. But but the but there was a time. Did we just drop? I don't know what happened there. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay. So that's just... All right. That was fun. <laughs> uh, you were talking about hip hop being very um, lyric driven. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the, the best of it is is lyric driven. So you can you can remove that from the beat and, and find what you find in the song. Uh, but but Tom Waits is one of those those mm -hmm. few in the rest of the world of music, and I can't say that like uh, all of hip hop you can do that either. Uh, some you definitely need you need the the entire the entire song to to, to drive it with, but, but which is the best part about like finding what you said in an in an instrumental piece. Uh, so so that let's let's. And I also not a, a place I thought we were going to go. But uh, when you write, do you have music playing? And if it is, if it is playing, is it often instrumental? I very rarely have music playing. It was. It, I think that's why that that moment stood out to me so much because um, it just it. I don't typically write with music uh, or any sort of distraction. I I I remember I remember you know hearing about how Jane Austen would write her novels in the sitting room with all the bustling around her and I was like I don't know how she could do that I need I need no distractions, um, but that that music it just it was like this is this is making me feel what I need to feel to finish this poem. Awesome. So. 
Yeah, yeah I, if I have music playing, I, it has to be instrumental for me. Otherwise, whoever's singing or rapping or talking will come into the poem. And that's not always what I want. <laughs> so, uh, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Are you uh, are you working on anything new? Yeah, I'm working on like five different things. <laughs> I think I think a, a lot of the reason I I haven't finished anything is because I I have all these ideas and and you know like like I said I I try to let the the poetry lead but sometimes that works against me because if I'm not feeling inspired to write uh, a certain type of poem um, or, you know, a poem that, that would be going into one manuscript, I just, I, I'm never going to finish it, you know? Um, right. I don't know. I hope I return to uh, the, you know, the sideshow poems again at some point. I, I, I intend to. It just has been a, a while. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for as a follow-up to that, can you can you talk about any of or, or you do you like to talk about what you're working on while you're working on it? Or or do you kind of keep that to yourself till it's there or um no I can I can talk about some of it. Um so I'm working on a full-length poetry manuscript um, that, it's hard to describe, it's sort of like a surreal uh, Edwardian orphanage sort of <laughs> thing. That's a terrible description of it, um, but that's that's sort of the vibe uh that it has um you know my 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 mom passed away in 2014 and my dad passed away uh in October of 2019 so just a few months before covid started and um and so at that time in in 2020 i was feeling very much like an orphan myself you know i mean i, I wasn't orphan am an orphan um, but I started writing sort of, you know, in the, in the voice of these children. And, uh, so a, a bunch of poems came out of that and I'm just trying to, uh, to complete that. I've got, you know, like 30 or so right now. I just, I need like another 20 maybe. <laughs> so there's a, a long road ahead of me. Yeah, that's that's um, a lot though still but i've had and and you know what's surprising to me is is that i yeah yeah and i thought i thought boy these poems are so weird nobody is going to want to publish them and i've actually had the the most success um with these poems um i actually I had a poem um one of the poems uh was picked up by poetry daily which i was really excited about um and it was uh um you know 
I, I don't know if you want to hear it. <laughs> I, absolutely. Okay. Uh, it's called The Children Know All About Snow. The snows this winter seed. They stand in dark drifts as tall as a man. They eat the light. Marooned indoors, the children play by the window, little games to pass the time. Old maid, pinnacle, whist. A night like this, the cold has weight. Branches groan beneath it. Ice creaks, too thick to crack. The snow falls clean and sharp, slicing sideways into anything alive. Small shadows edge the tree line, mink or skunk, seeking shelter from the wind. Inside, the fire blazes, candy glitters in a leaded dish. Dolls, rocking chair, checkerboard, seem part of a slow explosion. Everything moves without moving. In the glass, each child has a twin, already standing on drifts, beckoning, beckoning them. Don't go outside, they implore one another. We would have to kiss black blooms from your cheeks. We would have to remove the dear perished fingers and toes, but the snows, the snows beg to be tramped, to be flattened to angels, rolled into balls. The children are putting on fur-lined gloves, woolen scarves. They are grasping the hems of stiff overcoats and won't let them go. Don't cry, they absolve, don't you know? When it's cold enough, the cold burns. One by one, the children slip out the door. They know when it's their turn, it's their turn. I like that. Thank you very much for sharing. Thanks. Yeah, I I, I mean, when I wrote it, I was like, yeah, I like this poem, but nobody else is going to. <laughs> and, then, and then other people did. <laughs> Those are those are the ones that the, the ones that we sleep on are the ones that people seem to to really gravitate to. I think. Just, you know, I, and I, I've I've been learning that. Like I, yeah, I think I think that for a while I was trying to write poems that, you know, that like poetry would like or rattle would like, and um, and that's not being true to myself, and. Um, and I never had any luck with any of those poems anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the fun thing, huh? <laughs> uh, I, 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 I subscribe to poetry, but I still can never read the room. So I don't know what the vibe, I mean, I get it sort of issue to issue, but mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, I, I, and the editors are pretty well the same people. So I'm like, I don't understand. Like I said, I can't, I can't read the room. So I, I have not sent anybody any poetry from that for to them yeah. anyway. and there's a few other journals that i read every online anyway and like still i, I have a, a hard time reading the room so like I, I but even still like you said like am i writing to them or am i writing for me uh, so, so that's an important mm -hmm. aspect of it so and uh, it's uh and i how how often do you uh, do you consider other people when you write uh like do you consider audience at all or uh, I can't say I always do, but sometimes I do. I mean, I want to know how it sounds, but yeah. But beyond that, um, I guess 
what is your consideration of the audience? Like, or do you just wait and see? <laughs> um, I, I try not to think too much about the audience when I'm writing. Um, when I've finished, then I, then I start to think about the audience and then I think, is this something I can show to other people? Um, is it, is it, uh, good enough in my estimation to show to other people is there anything in it that uh might be hurtful to someone you know like I and I'm not going to get into who or what but I I have a poem that I, I don't know that I will ever share with anyone um because I think that there are some lines in it that could be hurtful to someone and I don't want to hurt anybody right. um so you know I wrote it I wrote it for me and and that's fine it'll just stay in my folder <laughs> and it, it's there it exists <laughs> yeah. yeah but I I have a hard time I have a hard enough time like turning off my own internal editor when I write so I try really hard not to think about an audience um you know, until until I I am fairly happy with a poem myself. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, I I can see that because like they, I've been in recent years categorizing my poems as far as like where they go. Um, there's like the all, which it could be, it could be anywhere. I could I could I could do that. Um, there's specific people, like. Like I've written, you know, I've written a couple of poems for, for my wife and they're for her. So they'll never be in public. Um, and that's out of respect for, you know, that's a connection for her and I to have. And then there's poems uh, that I write that I, I write because I need to write it. And I don't think it, it needs to be said. So it just needed to be out of me. It's kind of like, like hate putting it this way, but like blowing your nose or something. <laughs> so it's like, you got to get it out of your system, kind of thing. And, uh, but then we're joined yeah. by another guest you know, here. I, I... Oh, are are we? <laughs> yes. There's uh. There's... Your screen is frozen on my computer, so I, I can't see anybody. Let's see. Let's see if she comes up. <laughs> All right. It's one of the cats. So. Oh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's Aggie Doom. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. There, you're saying about. Um. Yeah. I've. I mean, I have written a poem for my husband. I was like, I'm. I'm writing you a love poem, and it's just sort of my nature to go to the dark side of human experience. Um. <laughs> and and so I. I wrote this thing and then I showed it to him and he was like, uh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, I, and I feel like I have to, I feel like I have to read this so that people understand. Like, I'm not like, it wasn't like terrible. It was just, um, uh, it, it, I was writing some poems that were like love love letters from the, like the natural the natural kingdom 
you know, like the love letter of a, a fig wasp to a fig, um, you know, and this was a letter from the lovebird hmm. for Jeff. My twin heart, we are so alike. We fit into each other's shadows. We match breath for breath. Our sadness is the same color. Our fears speak with the same tongue. We sleep leaning together so our dreams might not be alone. Do you remember the songs of our mothers? Love shelter dug in the deep desert heat. What have we forgotten? We've become so domestic. We'll never know the wind's rapture, night's hunger, an ever unfolding sky. In our small world, we are small. No chance getting lost when you have no horizon. This is not what we chose, love with no exit. It was handed to us like alms to two beggars. And now in my poverty, I give you a gift too costly to lose. It's all right not to take it. I know what it means to receive a gift bright as the girls who dance by themselves in the street, each to a song that belongs just to her. I too have wanted something just for myself. What I have wanted is you. Haven't I told you, my love, surrender is pretty, as pretty as a porcelain bell or a girl's floral dress, pretty as speech interrupted by kissing. Stay, bend your body to my body's solace. The blush on our faces tells us we're ready. So, see, it's not, it's not like horrible. <laughs> like it's not, <laughs> it's not that dark, but it is, I could see why he. Had intentions and I just let the poem go where it wanted to go, which was leaning more into the literalness of what a, what a love bird's life might be. <laughs> <laughs> And I and knowing him a little bit, I can I can hear that response. So, so it's uh, all things are all things are naturally put. I think. I can't hear you. <laughs> uh, yeah, we keep freezing. I got I get this thing that says that I have low bandwidth, and I'm not mm -hmm. sure what to do about that because. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, and my connection is unstable. Like, uh, you sure it's this the internet connection? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I I, I was trying to say that like I know I know Jeff a little bit, and yeah, I could hear I could hear his response. Like I could I could see his face, and uh, yeah, it's just all uh, it all comes together for me. <laughs> So I dig, I dig the entirety <laughs> of that story, and uh, yeah, because like that's the coolest thing about what we did with Valley Verse too is that our significant others, um, at least yours and our, mine, came came to do a lot of it with us. So, and, yeah. So, so I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure what the internet wants to do with us right now. <laughs> so it's a, you know, the, I keep hearing other weird voices, and I think that's me actually. But I don't know. Uh, uh, interwebs, silly, silly interwebs. So I was, 
I've I've even shut down a device to see if I could save bandwidth. And I think it's helping. Um, but I like I said, I don't know because I don't know this stuff. But I got another list. <laughs> I I send my list of questions all different places. Um, let's see here. So we've talked a little bit about of uh, the idea of like what feeds your poetry. Like, you know, you, you just talked about the natural in that last poem. And then there's the idea of like, of being someone of the disabled community talking through characters in, in a similar way. Um, then there's the orphan, the, the orphan thing. And then, mm -hmm. so, so I feel like, uh, is, is your, is your poetry, would you say your poetry is rooted in reality and real life first and then it goes from there to because you do a lot of in character talk and you do a lot of character work in your poetry so you, you would just say like you start real life first and then expand from there or is there some other bigger idea that push, pushes into real life or is it somewhere some combination of the two if that makes sense oh uh, yeah um I, you know, I, I think that um, a, a lot of it is personal things. It's real life. It's things I'm thinking about or feeling um, that a, a poem will allow me to explore with a little bit of distance between me and that thing, whatever it is, you know, like I was able to explore the loss of my father by making it the loss of these these orphans father um, rather than my own I don't think I could have written about you know my 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 own very real experience um so so that's one thing that happens but you know sometimes it's just there's a phrase um or something that an idea that comes out when I'm doing my free writing that just sort of catches in my attention and then a poem comes out of that. So not every poem I write is personal. Um, you know, like sometimes it is just an idea like the, the poem about the Medusa, um, the modern Medusa, that's not I don't think there's anything really personal there, <laughs> but it, there was just an idea that came out and, and then the poem followed. Yeah, I like, I like that. It's like, it's because it, often enough, I look at life and synthesize through poetry. And if I'm, so I, that's when I actually do have fun with the metaphor or a symbol or, because um, often enough, I, I, I try not to be too academic with my own writing, <laughs> but but if I'm dealing with a thing, that's usually that's usually when I have to when I have to poet because it's like I'm a very emotional person in general, and I don't always mm -hmm. want I don't always want to be, and you know so it's so I ask because like I know that like when I write my poetry, that's when I'm in a, a zone of working and, and tinkering and and. Uh, even if I'm dealing with something very heavy, mm. the work and the tinkering is what takes precedence then. It's like, okay, how am I wording this correctly? How is this sounding? So I'm more worried about function than I am about subject at that point. And uh, 
which I, so it, it becomes therapeutic that way because it gives me something to do. <laughs> um, so thank you poetry for that. And, uh, and I, that's why I asked, I didn't want to like, definitely did not want to like, you know, rip off any band-aids or anything. <laughs> so it's a, I know how <laughs> I know how we, we we are. I know how sensitive us artists are. So, uh, so there's that. Uh, let's see if I can find that question I just had though, and like my phone keeps locking up back up on me. Um, would you like to share any more poetry? Did I come through? Who's it again? Oh, there we are. I think we're moving. Can you hear me um, okay? <laughs> I don't know. It's hard for it's hard for me to pick. If something something comes up in the the conversation that makes me think of a, a poem to share, I will right. I will share that one. What's right. <laughs> uh, so, so? I was also I've been. This seems like a theme that goes through a lot of the conversations I've had with people who write, uh, especially when we talk about. Like this, this, the stuff. There's the air quotes again, listeners. Um, like, and I think that you and I both kind of do this too. Is like the sense of humor in between poetry, or in between po poems. Like, how important is that to you? Like, how is it? How important is it to keep that sense of humor, especially in between the air of, in that air in between poems, and then. So when you're up, when you're reading to an audience, and you know you just sent some heavy shit into the air, uh, like how important is it to to break that up a little bit with you, with with some humor or some 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 levity, or or do you talk to audiences? Um, yeah, I mean sometimes I do. Um particularly with when I would read the sideshow poems, um, I would always provide some context because I was very conscious of the fact that sometimes people don't notice that I'm disabled and I didn't want to appear to be doing the sort of thing that I was trying to, um, <laughs> you know, uh, comment on or, or combat, like being, being an able-bodied person, um, co-opting uh disability uh to make some sort of statement for myself and so I would I would try to provide that context so that people would understand what I was doing and what I was uh hoping for not that not that I wanted to um to guide their response but just just to um just to help them understand the point of the poems. And sometimes it also meant providing some historical context, um, you know, because none of the poems are, are about specific sideshow performers, but they're, they're inspired by some of the experiences um, that these women had. So, um, so I have done that. I, I'm not sure that I do feel a need to break a, a moment of of tension or sadness when reading poetry because I, I I definitely would in real life 
<laughs> I think I think probably <laughs> in this conversation I've talked about like I felt like an orphan. Ha 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 ha. Um just because you know how it feels awkward in 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 regular interactions. Um but at a poetry reading, I think people are there to feel strongly. That and, makes sense. Yeah. We just got our next 10 minute warning. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> uh, man, falling on a budget. Here we go. But uh, yeah, it's like, I know that, like, from, I know that I, anytime people read me or hear me, I feel like there's a certain sense of like, I have to be a smart ass about a lot of stuff I do anyway. And I, I think it's, a, it's an automatic response from me. And I, I try to control it sometimes. Sometimes I don't. Uh, but in the times where I do control it, basically what I do say is, all right, you're going to hear some things. The fact that I'm standing here right now is 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 indication that I'm okay. Now that mm -hmm. we got that out of the way, let's go. Let's get on this roller coaster. And, I, <laughs> and so it's like, so that's that. That is what a poetry reading I think should be. I think it should be all sorts of the spectrum of emotions and 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 I. And I think that's the the beautiest thing about poetry is that it can be so much in such a small space, and uh, mm -hmm. and, I, and I, I think it, you definitely touched upon that. And so, thank you for bringing that part because like, I think that that's that's it's a it's a huge part of poetry. Um, some some and there's some poets that 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 will never ever be able to get out of their own way for anything, and just just do it. And mm -hmm. no explanation, no, no, no humor. There's whatever, whatever else there is behind it. And it's like, I think we all have our different reasons for our different ways. But uh, some, some poems or some poets are just the poems are the reason. Let's go. And I'm like, I appreciate that, but I can't do that. <laughs> so, but I had, uh, had the, this other fun question about like, do you, do you ever have, uh, I, and I'm not trying to make light of the word orphan other than sometimes I have lines that I write that never get attached to anything bigger. And it's just a really cool phrase that I just couldn't get out of my head. So I had to write it down and I never got to build off of it because nothing really attached to it. Do you, do you have a collection of those yourself? Oh my goodness. I have a whole document. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I have gone through I've gathered all lines that haven't found homes yet um and I have them in a document so that sometimes um if I'm stuck in a poem I might go and look at that at all those lines and say hey do <laughs> them fit in here they right. usually don't they haven't they haven't yet but I keep hoping and and there have been times where um where a line has finally found a home after a very, very long time, or or there's a line that I've tried out in a couple of different poems in in a sense. Like that the poem I read about the the children know all about snow. The opening, the very first three lines, and then the the part about when when cold um is cold enough, it burns. Um those were banging around in a couple of of very bad poems <laughs> before <laughs> before they they found a home in in that one 
So you you just you saved some lines from from toxic families. And so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Right. Yeah, I'm trying to find the, the perfect word to to, to 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 describe those types of lines, but like it's and uh, so I do have a collection in my my notebooks that like that just random lines here and there and then, like I try to attach something to them and it just and I've called I've called them homeless, I've called them orphans, I've called them strays, like um or I've called them poem poemless cool shit. <laughs> so it's like everything comes to mind, but like I, but I feel like we you kind of have to have a collection of those because so it so that leads into this next thought like do you ever throw any thoughts away? No, <laughs> no, and there's probably a lot that I could throw out, but I have, I have every version of every poem. I I I write on the computer these days. I I haven't written on paper really in a couple of decades. <laughs> um, so I I write on computer. So I have every iteration, absolutely every single one uh, of every poem. Um, and I date them and, um, you know, that way I can go back. Um, some poems take fewer iterations than others to get to a point where I'm happy with them. Um, but yeah, I've, I've got a lot and I've got all of the, all of the messy work, which the way I write poetry, I don't sit down and, and just write a poem. I do free writing. And that's like my junk writing. So I've got these documents where I'm just typing all the, like any ideas that come to my head, any phrases, anything like that. And then, you know, that way, and I use no punctuation, no capitalization. And then I, I look back at what I've written. Um, maybe there's, like I said, an idea that sort of came up when I was writing it or some phrases that came together. And then I, will pull those things out of that document and put them into a new document where I start writing the poem. So that way I can I can try to be free of my internal editor in the in the messy document, in the junk document. <laughs> um, and then and then as I pull things out of that, I shade them out. You know, I, I put gray shading over them so that I can see that I've used that somewhere. And I, I have all of those, even though the vast majority of what's in them is actually junk. It's not worth anything. So <laughs> um, cool lines floating in space somewhere. Yeah. Well, um, no, not cool lines. Just, just terrible <laughs> lines. And they're just there. But I keep the document. I keep everything. That's a good <laughs> idea. <clears throat> Excuse me. I might actually steal that like so I could have a more everything in one place kind of feel. Because... Uh, my flipping through my notebook and you've seen said notebook it's a it's it's a mess it's a mess but like but but i think it was it was you and kate had both told me like sometimes the like because you said like the one of the last things i read to you guys you said like you guys said it came out better because i couldn't read it so i kind of mm. had to make up what i thought i saw in my own writing <laughs> so like, yeah but but at the same time, I, I would like to, that. <laughs> that was that was fun. Yeah. But I'd like to have a collection of that stuff because maybe I will go back back in into my notebook and and do what you do and actually just like have a, a an electronic document 
put everything there because yeah, I don't throw anything out either. I have all my my notebooks from high school, uh, not my class books, but like but my my writing when I started right, writing po right. poetry. None of or almost none of which will probably never ever see the light of day. <laughs> so yeah. so I, don't, I don't think that's going to be yeah that that'll be a train wreck if it happens, but or if I pass away too soon, you know, uh, my wife will probably be like, hey. He's got all this stuff he's embarrassed about. Let's 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 see if he haunts us now. <laughs> so, but, you know, I was I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, I I understand why some writers have said burn these these things. I don't want anybody to see them. You know, right. <laughs> I've got so much on my computer that I'm like, please, I don't let anybody see this. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's yeah, it's the thing. It's for every. I feel like for every one poem that I get out in, into the world, either heard or read, written, there's about ten behind it that are like, we are ridiculously bad. We're just gonna hang out over here, <laughs> throwing throwing our own boogers at each other. <laughs> Excuse me. Those, so those poems will probably never have a home. But... <laughs> Excuse me. But. Yeah. <laughs> excuse me again oh man I, I tell you right now covid is stupid that's uh, gonna mm. be the, the running theme i think of the rest of our lives but covid is very stupid don't don't get it if you can help fully vaxxed and all that but like geez god that's not like <laughs> us yeah but uh so what what um what are you reading these days that that keeps you busy and keeps you interested in the world of words? I guess. Uh, well, we've got less than a minute, so let me save that for the the next right. Zoom call. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Excuse me, I can figure out where the last one went because I know I saved it. Because yeah, this is this this uh this has been fun. Thank you for dealing with the tech stuff. <laughs> I'll give myself a breather too. <laughs> there we go. Um, All right. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Dude. So you can see I'm in a different location. I am no longer pretending to be a professional with an actual office. I am sitting <laughs> in my armchair with my cat in my lap. Perfect. <laughs> there probably will be one or two that come through on this one. They're around, but this is my <laughs> my office, but that's where all my poetry lives is behind me. So nice. And I'm trying to remember where we were, um, because technical difficulties being what they are. Oh, uh, I remember you asked me a question that I was going to answer in the next um the next time we talked but now i forget what that question was it was something too. about books i was reading oh yes right what are you what are you reading these days that that, that are that is inspiring you or is keeping you turning the page so okay well that is a very good question and um so for the last well two two to three years i have kept a log of the books I have read. Um, and I have really discovered how wonderful libraries are. Um, 
you know, I, my library has the Libby app so I can borrow uh, books on my phone and I can read them on my phone, both ebooks and um, audiobooks. And it is just amazing. It is just incredible. And I've read so many books um, through my library uh, since the pandemic started. So I have I have a lot of books that I've found inspiring. Um, I don't know, like <laughs> I don't know. Should I just start listing them? <laughs> if you'd like, yeah, the ones that come to mind. I like like I always like to hear what people uh, latch onto, especially other creative people. Yeah. So I, last year, I, I and this has nothing to do with poetry, but um. Last year, I discovered the writer Connie Willis, and she writes um, science fiction, speculative fiction. I started by reading a collection of her short stories, and then I read her. Um, there's a a series of books of about time travel, starting with the Doomsday Book, um, and that is that has become one of my favorite books it's a book that is set partly in the 1300s um and during the bu bubonic plague in england and then partly in a um speculative 21st century you know like 50 years from now um where there's another plague coming and this book was written in the 90s but of course i was reading it in 2022 you know two years after covid started and and i was like oh my god it's so prescient especially the portrayal of how americans reacted to the pandemic it was like oh my goodness <laughs> Who totally got it because the Americans were like, I don't want to have to quarantine myself. <laughs> um, and it was just, it was just an incredible, incredible book. And it is, it is now in my top 10 books and it has nothing to do with poetry. There's nothing, she's not a poet, but it just, it was just um, such an incredible, she's an incredible storyteller, very good writer and you know the um the characters were characters i really cared about and i think that that is uh one of the the most important things um when it comes to storytelling and and okay i'm all right, i'm going to talk a lot now <laughs> um, because because i also okay so this reminds me like one of the one of the books i've recently finished is clan of the cave bear which took me a while to get into um um especially because i was comparing it to um uh a book by um joan Houlihan called the us and um joan Houlihan is a poet 
and her book the us is uh it, it, it it's um it's about a group of prehistoric humans um and she uses poetic language to put the reader in uh the 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 frame of mind of these prehistoric humans and it's i mean obviously it's very imaginative we don't know what prehistoric humans were thinking or feeling but um the the language she uses it really puts you into a feel like you feel like you're in a different time you feel like you're you're in a different situation a different frame of mind um and it's extremely effective and i've read that a couple of months ago and then i read clan of the cave bear and and it was really hard for me in the first the first few chapters to really get into it because it wasn't doing that because i don't think prose can do what poetry can do like it, i don't think prose can be effective at um you know being such a different language i mean perhaps um um oh my gosh i'm completely blanking on it um oh my god uh burgess um what the heck was that what was it clockwork <laughs> orange clockwork orange yeah, yes perhaps that came the closest to it was, um yeah, that one but was... yeah but like prose prose it's very difficult to to um create a, a completely different uh, consciousness with prose um so it took me a while to get into that book but i wound up uh loving it finally um um so so yeah so i've i've had these thoughts about like how poetry and prose can can attempt a similar story because both of those the the us and clan of the cave bear were trying to tell stories of prehistoric humans and they did it in very different ways um and ultimately i wound up enjoying both of them but there's something about poetry that is able to um to get to more of the the your your primal instincts your your you know the these feelings these emotions that that can't be captured by normal typical language i, I had a teacher describe poetry to me and this is when i started, first started getting into it so like the baby poet mm. um, he said that poetry is at its best the perfect combination between the visceral and the and the intellectual mm. <clears throat> so it's a and I, I i took that with me everywhere i went from there and then uh, and you've heard my poetry <laughs> yeah and i've heard yours and i feel like we and uh and i'm going to throw kate into this this situation too i think the three of mm. us come together because i think we whether we spoke it or not we understood that that marriage i think and yeah we, and we take it in different directions which 
which is all the better because we're different people but mm-hmm. but that was uh, that was the most perfect way I, I ever heard the the language of poetry described to me and not that's so much a definition. wonderful I bet yeah I feel like that and it was my shout out to Mr. Janess wherever he may be right now because he's the one that got that <laughs> to me and kept it with me but <clears throat> I'm, mm-hmm. I'm much better as you can I think you can hear it my, my voice is much better I'm not coughing yes. as much <laughs> yeah, yes. that's awesome that you've been reading stuff that like I not poetry uh, but then there's that one thing about the the us that, that is poetry and mm-hmm. I think you you really touched on, on on a lot of things that I I when I look for poetry to read I wanted to express something that that other types of writing can't or just doesn't try to or and then very few prose writers, and I think I might be cheating, but very few pro- prose writers can achieve what poetry writing can, I think. And Dylan, Dylan Thomas. Yeah, is, I mean, it's a. Yeah, whatever that what Child's Christmas. Sorry, go Wales. ahead. Yeah, the Child's Christmas in Wales is yeah. prose. But it's Dylan mm-hmm. Thomas, so I might be tre- cheating there. So. Yeah. 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 I mean, they, they do different things and there are there are very few writers who are able to um to cross that barrier you know like gertrude stein with tender buttons is it's it's written in the form of prose but it's very much poetry um jennifer booley uh is a contemporary poet who is able to write prose um, in a very poetic way. It's still poetry, even though it's written as prose. She wrote a book. um, uh, It was based on Peter Pan and it's just, it's incredible. It's one, it was one of my favorite books that I read last year. Um, and one of my favorite, like my favorite book of all time is Nightwood by Juna Barnes, who, you know, I mean, she's a product of her time. Um, this was written in the 30s. There are, uh, you know, certainly some problematic things that are in the book. But um, the book itself, even though it is a novel, a prose novel, it is pure poetry. And I love it for that reason. There's a, there, I'm having trouble remembering some of the prose that other than Dylan Thomas that I've read that that does remind me of poetry. Um, like I said, Dylan Thomas is kind of cheating because I think he's more <laughs> widely known as a poet than a prose writer. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And he would be, he'd probably, if his ghost is probably somewhere around me agreeing with me. Um, so it's, but I, I have a hard time thinking about prose writers that have been poetic i can think of poet poetry or poets that have done prose like uh prose like poetry that uh one that has been on the show so shout out to kyle tran tran myrie um he wrote a book called uh not a lot of reasons to sing but enough and it's in it looks like prose but it's very much poetry i mean it really more looks like prose but it very much reads like poetry and almost reads like hip-hop in, at the mm. same time too which but but that's also again i think i'm cheating because he is a poet and he's not making any qualms about being poetic in that book either so um but beyond that i don't 
yeah, I, I have a hard time doing it. Like, I don't read a whole lot of not poetry. And if it is not poetry, it's a comic book or it's a memoir. Mm. <laughs> so I haven't read mm. fiction in a long, long time. And I don't know why. I mean, I've, I've got a tattoo that is all about fiction. <laughs> so mm. Catch-22 is my all-time favorite book. Mm. Um, certainly not poetry. My all-time favorite writer is Kurt Vonnegut, who is certainly not poetry. Although you can make an argument that they are very poetic in their delivery. Um, I find them more sarcastic in their delivery. But but yeah, I, I have a hard time finding that too. It's awesome that you found prose because like, I'm so stuck in a, if it's not telling me a personal story, if it's not drawing me a picture, and if it's not writing me a poem, I'm, I'm so stuck in re reading stuff like that. that uh, so, yeah, I I need to get back to reading novels. I just don't know where to start, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I think I think for me, part of part of the reason I I have gotten into more fiction is because um, I do have a long commute. I mean, I work from home a lot of the time, but but when I do go into work, it's a very long commute. It's um, you know, one and a half hours to get there and then one and a half hours back. So, um, you know, one of my, one of the great things is being able to listen to audiobooks on my library app. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's great to just listen to stories, to listen to stories told well you know and so it's not necessarily the 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 greatest literature that's ever been written but but it's if it's a good story you know it, it will capture my attention while i'm driving um you know and i think one of one of those people who who is really good at writing stories is stephen king and so i've started listening to um a bunch of stephen king books on audiobook um, and I just listened to his book on writing, you know, and I, and, and, and it's wonderful. It's very inspiring. I mean, I don't know how he does it. Like, like he, he said in that book that he tries to complete the first draft of a novel in three months. And I don't know how you do that, <laughs> but yeah, good the, for him. Yeah, you know? that's some discipline. That's some discipline I know I don't have. <laughs> so it's, I, I yeah, remember, like, but. A lot of respect for him. Yeah, I mean, cool you know, that. I mean, he's he's he was so humble in that book. He was like, you know, he took the attitude that he he knows he's not the greatest writer of all time, but he can tell a story, and he knows how to put a story together, and and he was also just very encouraging. I mean, he you know he was like, if you want to be a writer and you're willing to put in the work, then you can be a writer. Um, and it's more about the work and um, being willing to put in the hours rather than having, you know, talent, like inborn talent, which, you know, that is important, obviously, but but the work is, is even more important. And I, I, I feel like that was really inspiring to me as someone, someone who, who has also, I'm, I've also written prose. Like I'm, 
I'm trying to, to, to say, okay, I'm done with this novel that I started 20 years ago. I, I have said I'm done a couple of times, but I keep tinkering with it. Um, it's hard to let go of it. And I think that that's because I am at heart a poet. And as a poet, every single word and syllable is important. And you think you you spend lots of time thinking about all of these little things. And you just you can't do that with with prose. You can't do that with a 70,000 word manuscript <laughs> like that. You're never going to finish it if you put that amount of time uh, into it. <laughs> yeah, it's just not, I, I mean, I guess it's possible if you have all the time in the world, but uh, I guess. But, <laughs> who does have that i mean none of us as, as far as yeah. I can tell, are truly immortal in our bodies i mean yeah, yeah it's crazy because like yeah that's the that's the thing is it comes come back to the idea that like and I've, it's come up a few times in this conversation but other times with other people too is that everything about poetry is the hard part um and then that's not to say oh what was me as a poet it's to say like when you have a, a, like you automatically limit your space and the amount of time you're about to tell something or to relay something. Um, so you kind of have to, you have to economic, you have to be economic. Mm -hmm. um, you have to be precise. Um, but at the same time, give enough of a, an in so that it's not off-putting or alienating to an audience, mm -hmm. it, be it reading or hearing. And then like, it's, so it, it and like you said, like you can you can be meticulous about word to word to word and how that word sounds with the word over here or even up there or later down there or in some poems over there. Because like in you know, some pages, mm -hmm. some poems on pages look very strange. And that's what I think that's a discussion for a whole other time, though, is how a poem looks. Because mm -hmm. I'm more worried about how it sounds. Um, so yeah. to not to look at. I tend not to care so much about how they look when I read them, but but well, everything everything is a piece that fits to something else or it comes from something else. So mm -hmm. like, and not that stories aren't or prose isn't, but it's it's you know, like like you said to bring it back. You cannot be that meticulous about writing a five hundred page novel. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and you know what? I think that 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 was actually part of what drew me to poetry and made me ultimately um, get to a point where I focused my attention on poetry. And so now I think of myself as a poet first who dabbles in prose rather than, you know, a prose writer who dabbles in poetry. Um, it's, it's the intensity of poetry that a poem is, um, it's an emotion or a moment or an idea that is distilled into a very compact um, piece of writing. And, you know, and there's something about that that I love, that idea that you can try to express a profound idea in you know 30 lines of words it's just it's 
it's incredible to me. And I love, I love poetry for being able to do that or for not even, it doesn't even have to be an idea or, you know, it could be just creating a mood or being a description, like, like weirdly, you know, I, I mentioned before that Sylvia Plath is one of my, my big inspirations and, and I don't know, like a lot of people might say like, oh, it's Lady Lazarus or Daddy that are the poems that really stand out to them. But like, for me, it was her poem, The South in a Colossus, where she describes um, observing a sow. Um, and, but she uses such incredibly rich and descriptive language that is so strange you know and and not ordinary language and and i think that that poem more than any of her poems inspired me in my own writing i was like okay i don't i oh, anything i write about i want it to feel as strange as this <laughs> you know <laughs> i don't want it to be ordinary <laughs> as a first hand uh, account of uh, of your poetry i could say that your poems are not of the ordinary and uh and they're all the better for it i mean that's 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 that was the big pull in like okay like there is one of the people i want to be working with right now mm -hmm. and, and so it's and yeah because I, I think we come back to that idea that like it, poems and poets and like poets are i feel like poets are more singular but at the same time part of a collective than any other type of writer and I don't know how mm -hmm. how we do it, but like we're we're very like we're our own person, we're our own artist, but we also fit and play well with others if you really come down to it. Um, because we all we all I don't know if we all do, but many of us poets do like pay homage to the ones that came before us, and and yeah. I think that I think we do so that we do so more so than than any other type of writer. Like, I mean, I'm going to toot our mm -hmm. own horn here. I mean, I think we we know the school we come from. We 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 do reject what we don't like, but we also really highly praise what we do love and mm -hmm. like and where we come from, if you will. We're very much roots ordinate yeah. or, or originated <laughs> and roots centered, and but all the same time singular because we mm -hmm. do make our own way. And then I feel like uh, poets do like to hang out with each other as well. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a so we do that kind of weird like introverted extrovert or extroverted introvert thing where where i've heard it put put this way about other things that we're all kind of walking venn diagrams mm. so, yeah i like that <laughs> and i'm not familiar with that poem by sylvia plath that you mentioned uh maybe it's because it's one of those quote-unquote deep cuts i guess it's uh yeah, I, I mean, I feel like everybody talks about Ariel, which they should. It's an incredible poem. I mean, a, a, an incredible book. But um, yeah, the Colossus is also wonderful. And, um, um, you know, the, I also have the book that is the complete collection of of all of her poems published and unpublished and and it's you know it's just incredible i mean plath was was a genius she was she was one of those 
rare um, people who just had this incredible creative uh, sense that that went beyond her own time and space you know i think that's the reason why so many people still like even on their own discover her mm -hmm. i mean i like i know that, that that often enough there there are pieces of like the bell jar that are assigned in classes and everything but um but i in my experience more people go go to her on their own volition mm -hmm. than than are assigned and i think there is a certain I mean, maybe it's a deeply philosophical thing or or a, a astrophysical thing. I don't know, but like, I think there is a certain energy that is drawn, that draws people to her. And I know that, like, I I became a fan similar in the same time of hers. Like, I'm not as heavily influenced by her as as you are, but I but I understand her pull, and I like for all the ways respect her pull. And mm -hmm. she did she did things so differently, especially for her time. Okay. And I, and that's mm -hmm. the really yes, awesome thing. yes. And I, and for <clears throat> yeah, for all intents and purposes, there was nobody like her before. Certainly, mm -hmm. no one like her after. But she has birthed a lot of people, and I'm sp I'm speaking to one now. So I think one of those people, <laughs> one of those poets now. So it's like it's really, I love to. I'm glad you got into that a little more because I love to talk about influence, and and I firmly believe we're all living under the influence. Yeah. of someone or something or some style yeah and I I don't want to make this like a women versus men thing but but I I, <laughs> I just have to say because I think women geniuses get so like they're not mentioned as much in in school um, or in discussions as the male geniuses do. And so I just have to say, I just have to say, since we're discussing this, like Sylvia Plath was doing things that nobody else was doing at that time. Just as Emily Dickinson was doing things that nobody else was doing at that time, you know? And and I do think people do talk about both of them, but I, I do think they they still sort of get talked about less or or their 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 innovations aren't recognized quite as much as some other um male poets you know might be and i'm i'm and i'm definitely not trying to like you know say that they're better necessarily than than male poets like like you know that's not my intention but like you know I mean, Shakespeare wrote incredible sonnets, but he really wasn't innovating necessarily with the form of poetry. Um, Keats is one of my favorite poets of all time, um, but he was very much writing within the, the strictures that were there at the time. He wasn't really innovating the way that Dickinson and Plath innovated. And I don't think they get the credit they deserve. I hear that. Yeah, it's definitely, I, you're not going to hear me disagree with that at all. And I'm a huge fan of Emily Dickinson too. I could say that she, she was my first like air quotes, favorite poet. Actually. Mm. Um, and 
and it's be, it's because of like it just it sounded original it sounded mm -hmm. new even when i oh. discovered it as a kid so like we're talking 100 something years later that um, that it's still affecting and inspiring young people yeah. um who maybe don't love poetry necessarily but then they then they they hear emily dickinson and they're like wow this is poetry yeah. wow yeah. <laughs> that's the fantastic thing it's like yeah, yeah i mean you're absolutely right that that women women poets are not getting the shine that they deserve i mean i mean even you look at the the Har harlem renaissance if you want to bring it closer to our time mm. um you know and i'm not crapping on langston langston hughes is one of the best poets ever, to ever do it but um some of the women around him and even when she wasn't writing novels uh zora neale hurston mm -hmm. i mean well even with her novels one of the best writers ever ever yeah. to put a pen to pad yeah. and yeah. and like Gwendolyn so even brooks yeah Gwendolyn brooks uh if you go further closest to us and so some that are still alive with like alice mm -hmm. walker is she still alive no she passed away didn't she I think she passed away. Yeah, but we have Nikki Giovanni. I mean, oh, these are yeah, yeah. these are women that are that are respected, but they're not getting mm -hmm. the shine that they deserve for sure. Yeah. And then I can tell you, like, I'll take a Nikki Giovanni poem any day over a T.S. Eliot poem. Sorry, Kate, <laughs> <laughs> but but I, but it's a uh, and then I, and then that's to say that like I do like a, a share of his poetry, but mm -hmm. Nikki Giovanni like as a woman and I'm, i look forward to as a dude hearing mm -hmm. someone talk about a woman writer and saying not saying oh she's so brave i wanted to hear she's fucking fantastic yeah it's like i'm i don't know how it feels to be a woman writer because i'm not a woman writer but i keep coming back to that i like i mean are you as a woman writer looking forward to never hearing again oh she's so brave for saying this or writing this because <laughs> like, i don't get that i don't get any sort of like Oh, you're so brave. I'm not often anymore. I mean, because yeah. I'm just I'm just like one of many, many white dudes writing poetry. So it's like <laughs> so like I, but yeah, like so I look forward to that day that we can hear a woman write a uh, read a poem or recite a poem or write or we could have a woman write a poem and not be con construed as brave unless we're talking about just the subject. Mm -hmm. Because it it shouldn't be a brave act just to be a woman yeah I mean, as as a as a man who loves the women in his life present present <laughs> company included so, <laughs> so that's my fe feminist rant for the day <laughs> i did see our 10 minute warning uh i don't mm -hmm. want to I, I don't want to risk and everything because like oh, these things are so stupid i hate technology but i love it at the same time well i see it up top okay Seven minutes. Is there is there a last question you wanted to to ask? Um, well, there's sort of two, I think. Okay. Uh, you got into one of the ones I wanted to ask is what's like the, like the meat of your inspiration. Um, but so the first one would be: um, uh, Do you have any new work in the in, in the works that you are really excited about? And then as an offshoot of that, like how do our listeners find you? Mm. that's a very good question <laughs> um okay so yes i am i am working on a couple of manuscripts um i'm actively working on a couple of manuscripts and one of them is 
the one that I mentioned earlier about um, orphans. Um, so there's, there's that one, which I think is going to be a full-length manuscript. There's also a manuscript I'm working on that is sort of um, an expansion on a poem that I wrote that was published in Quarterly West. And the poem that was published there was called um, Alternate Endings to the Binding of Isaac. And so it was sort of, you know, the idea was, you know, how like DVDs will have the alternate endings of, of some movies if they shot an alternate ending. And so the poem is looking at, well, okay, what would have happened if Abraham had actually killed Isaac or what would have happened if Abraham had refused to do what God ordered him to do and so on. So there, there are four alternate endings of that. And, and that was just a poem that existed on its own. And then I was like, you know what, I've got more to say about this whole thing about the, not, not necessarily the binding of Isaac in particular, but the, the, the excuses that Christians have made to try to say, oh, but, but God is, is loving. And this was just a test. And, you know, me, I, I like, I grew up Christian, but now I'm an atheist and I'm like, it's a fucked up test. It's a really fucked up test. So what does that say? What does that say about God? What does that say about Christians now who are trying to excuse it um, and explain it? And so I've written a bunch of poems about that. Um, and that, that would be I, I don't know how people would receive that, <laughs> um, but but I am writing it. I'm working on it. Um, uh, and then I've got a couple of other uh, manuscripts, like the sideshow poems that I just sort of put on the back burner. I haven't actively worked on those in a while, um, but I would love to return to those. Um, and then I also have some poems about movies. Um which I would like to return to after a while. And as far as reaching me, I don't know. I mean, I do have a Twitter account, but I'm so, I so rarely post, but if people want to find me, I'm there. I don't even remember. How <laughs> 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 to find me. I think it's uncertain, uncertain guest. Um, at uncertain guest, I think is what it is. I'm just, I'm just going to the website now to see. <laughs> Because I am so rarely on there. But if people, yes, at uncertain guest. So if people want to contact me, they can contact me there. Um, and my cat <laughs> has decided <laughs> he's not getting enough attention. Um, yeah, so that's how they can contact me. So it was, uh, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty cool way to go about it. And I think... <laughs> I want to thank you for coming on to the corner. Thank uh, you. This yeah, has been very, very fun. Yeah, thank yeah, very welcome. Like I I have to have my peeps on here, especially the ones that co-conspire with me to put live poetry into the world. So and uh let's and I'll I'll rekindle everything online to get you and Kate and Sean talking and uh yeah. we'll, we'll figure yeah. out how to get the band back together. We gotta have some more Valleyverse events get some more people um together in person absolutely all right so i 
Yes, uh, yeah, with uh, two minutes, 20 seconds and counting to spare. Thank you very much, Rebecca Cross, for coming to the corner. Thank you. And uh, you can come back anytime you want to shout me out and we'll do this again if you'd like. All right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure how to stop it, though. <laughs> <laughs>